You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. All right, Alan, just give the command and I'll talk about this movie with you. <laughs> the core has not exploded from what I can tell. You cannot, do, you cannot tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah. What is it lately with these movies that seem to be very much Russians are evil and Rus- everything bad with Russia is coming back to haunt us again? Look, if Russians have to deal with a nuclear device on any sort of vehicle or plant, just don't go to work that day, man. <laughs> I laugh, but it's sadly true. <laughs> um, hey, it's uh, me, Justin, over here, and here we got Alan. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We're here to talk about The Command, which originally was titled The Kursk because it's based on the actual submarine, but I guess that was too hard for Americans to understand. Yeah, I don't blame them. The Kursk, <laughs> The Kursk, the, the Captain Kirk, got it. <laughs> Captain Kirk, the movie. There we go. Um, no, so this is based on a real incident that happened in 2000 involving the Kursk submarine. Uh, it was a thing where the Russians sent this off for a patrol mission, well, actually, sorry, a training mission, and just during the training exercise, one of the missiles exploded in the in the submarine, and it sank pretty, like, not deep down enough that they couldn't get a rescue operation, but deep down enough that it's not easy to do so. And, you know, lucky-ish for some of the people, not everyone died on the submarine, but the problem is, they're trying to save these people, but there's a lot of political machinations behind the scenes that keeping them from actually going in and getting the guys on top of all the other stuff just like oh yeah by the way all the equipment we have uh it's either old soviet era submarine tech or it's stuff that we sold off to the americans because we're like eh, we don't need that we save money this way and yeah this is pretty much just about how all that stuff comes to bite them in the butt pretty much yeah don't ever go on a training mission ever that seems that we have these always like, hey, we're trying to make sure this never happens, so which it actually happens. Yeah, and you know that's one of those things about this movie that you know, knowing that it's based on a true story, it maybe deflates a little bit of the tension if you already know what the ending of the story is going to be, because you're like, oh, well, okay, that's kind of what I expected to happen at the end. But it, it all depends upon if it's worth actually getting to the end with these kind of movies. And I, I don't necessarily agree. I think that even with uh, if you know the ending, it's still the it's still what are they able to kind of show? That's actually one of the pitfalls of this movie is the extra stuff they try to show. But if you knowing the ending does necessarily mean the journey's not as enjoyable. But this is one of the situations where it's like, yeah, the extra stuff they try to show kind of bogs this movie down a lot. Well, because the movie's trying to be this whole like multifaceted political story where there's the stuff in the submarine that's a very traditional disaster movie. But then you got all the stuff on the surface with all the people behind the scenes of, like, getting the people to the rescue teams, all the wives back home uh, waiting for their husbands, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes that stuff's interesting, and sometimes you're just like, well, we didn't really need to see that, or it didn't really need that much time devoted to it, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where I got to say, first off, I like just about everybody in the cast, because they got a big cast of well-known foreign film actors in here. Like, uh, the main guy here, Matthias Schonartz, uh, he's he's one of those guys who's been kind of up-and-coming in various movies like Rust and Bone, The Drop, uh, you know, various films where he mostly plays kind of the heavies, the guys where he's got he's got this, like, smug face. He's just like, yeah, what's up? 
But here he's just playing, you know, some dad, essentially, you know. Who sounds like uh, Liam Neeson, because that kind of threw me off at first. Well, that's part of the issue here, too, where they got a bunch of Belgian, French, British, and other nationalities to play Russians, but, you know. Yeah, because apparently Russia doesn't exist, like, <laughs> and no one, no one acts in Russia. Well, apparently because we're just at war again with the Russians for some reason, it's like, oh, who, who thought that Chernobyl would set off the Russians go like, man, we hate Americans, you're going to sue you guys because you make us look bad. It's like, we didn't say anything that didn't actually happen. <laughs> True. I, I'm waiting for, like, an American disaster because, like, everyone's like, oh, man, the Soviets are really bad at their jobs. I'm like, man, every country's bad at their jobs. And then the Russians will get a bunch of Russians to play Americans to make fun of them, too. That would be amazing. <laughs> Well, they are making their own version of Chernobyl where they blame the Americans for the Chernobyl incident. So. Look, for anyone that knows anything about the CIA, there's a good chance they probably did something, honestly. I don't believe that. No. <laughs> have you looked up the CIA? Yes. Have you looked up the KGB and the other Soviet Their KGB Union? are bad, but let the, the fucking CIA are not Girl Scouts, man. Like, I would no, I, oh, I'm not saying that, but I'm pretty sure... <laughs> You know, we're not going to get into this. We'll, we'll get back to the movie, but there's a lot of good actors in here, too. Like, there's Leia Seydoux playing Matthias uh, Chaudnard's wife, who's just there to be nice and pretty and pregnant, you know, for most of this movie. Um, you also got Peter Simeonschik, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, who's a famous Austrian actor who's in that film Tony Erdmann. Uh, you got August Deli, a uh, deal in here, who's like, wait, I've seen that guy. Oh, it's the dude from the bar in Chorus Bastards, which, awesome. Yes. Haven't seen that guy forever. And then Max von Sydow's here as the head of the Russian Navy, even though he's British. Uh, and then you got Colin Firth, who's head of the British Navy, even though, <laughs> yeah, well, British, though. the, the accents know, the accents are throwing me off here. It's like, so we got a British guy playing a Russian, but then we got another British guy playing a British guy. So They were all casted by a, a Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no matter where you go in an Ubisoft game, they're all British. So. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so I think all the actors are doing their best with the material, like, a lot of it has to be driven by the action, but there's those few moments where there's actual like acting and bonding that actually kind of work. I would say. It, it, it that only mostly yeah mostly goes with the crew and the camaraderie because when they're having to solve essentially the various problems like this is like gravity but underwater. That's when you start <laughs> to really get what is going on. But I don't know. I'm gonna say I don't think the first like the first fifteen minutes tries to establish this whole like camaraderie. I don't think you needed that. I think that the actual film itself with them working together does way better than the first 20 minutes of them trying to set up a wedding. Well, because the problem is, is that a lot of that stuff they do to build camaraderie is kind of melodramatic the way they're doing it, where if it was a little bit more nuanced or a little bit more like fresh feeling, it'd be fine. But it's very stereotypical. This is how soldiers bond with each other, singing a rousing military song and talking about their wives and stuff like that. You're just kind of like, yeah, we've seen this done in much better movies. And, again, it's not like they're not trying to sell you the emotion, but they try so hard at points, you're just like, I, I would much rather just watch the actual incident happening, you know? Yeah, because I think either you mentioned this or you're not, but the, the guy who wrote this wrote Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, uh, Robert Rodat. So. Yeah, Robert And Saving Private Ryan works because as the movie goes on during the action, during the, the slow paces, that's when you get the camaraderie. They didn't have, like, the first, the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan isn't a wedding. <laughs> it would have been the red wedding with how much violence there was. Oh, well. Yeah, it's one of those violent action scenes ever put the fucking film. Like. Oh yeah, which I finally showed my uh, my wife that for the first time this week, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, but that's the point. It's like yeah, there's that whole opening sequence. It's like the deer hunter almost, where they have this giant freaking wedding to establish character. Except it's over before you know it, and it didn't feel like I it accomplished anything doing that. So because I mean, yeah. for the most part. Other than Matthias Schoenarts, I couldn't tell who was who among the crew after a certain point. Other than the one bigger, chubbier dude, and then the crazy guy who kept wanting to get out of the submarine. 
Which, don't blame them, but you're also underwater, buddy. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, thankfully they, they go th- pretty thoroughly into the dangers of submarine stuff. It's like, yeah, by the way, we're however many thousands of feet underwater. You're going to die of the bends before you even get out of the submarine. <laughs> yeah, and that's applying the pressure doesn't fucking kill you right away. Yeah, although that's the whole point. Like, the bends and the pressure combine together there. But yeah, uh, but yeah and it's just, again, when it's actually the submarine stuff, there's a pretty gosh dang tense sequences. Like, uh, probably my favorite part of the movie involved... Uh, Matthias Schoenarts and this other guy having to go into a flooded room to get the cartridges for the oxygen filter. Yes. Yeah. And that was crazy. That was crazy and cool, and it was over way too soon. <laughs> but but that was the thing. Like, that part was just so tense, and I loved it. But then we have to cut back to Leia Sadu going, where's my husband? So. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Russian just like, Russia is great. That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> But, you know, and again, that stuff is, again, true to the actual story, which apparently there was a whole ton of controversy about the way the Russians handled this, because basically they just said, we won't accept any foreign help ever, to the point that they were willing to pretty much let these guys die if it meant not having to uh, bow down to the Americans. And even crazier, that bit that you saw halfway through where that lady gets the syringe in the back... Hmm. How did I miss that? Holy shit. <laughs> you must be looking down. But uh, yeah, because yeah, there was that old lady who starts screaming. And she apparently this is based on a real event where they were yelling at the um, the officers for all that stuff. And someone, one of their like doctors, or whatever, came up and sedated her. And someone actually filmed that on camera. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So that's what they, they, they sedated her and pulled her off uh, away from the crowd. But everyone saw it. So it wasn't really that. Yeah. Convert. Yeah. Now, now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that it, I was thinking. I'm glad they didn't fucking put it into her neck like every other fucking movie. Like yeah, uh, I was kind of glad. I appreciated that. But again, like that was cool because it's actually based on a real event. Because it's it's so crazy that it's actually true, you know. But I don't know. Again, I just feel like those moments are fleeting when the stuff outside the submarine is actually more interesting. Because also, Colin Firth just didn't need to be in this movie, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I do. Kind of. The thing is, it's not that he didn't need to be in this movie. Is that they didn't give his character much to do besides being just the, the the presence of the foreign entity. Whereas, like, I feel like they could have done something really well if they actually got him going. But, yeah, definitely a majority of this movie is like, hey, let's deal with these guys on the sub. Again, very similar to Deepwater Horizon, where it's like there's a, we're just trying to solve the problem in this hellhole. Yeah, but at least Deepwater Horizon kept focused on the event for the most part. Like, the yeah. few times they cut away to, like, Kate Hudson and stuff, those were only for, like, maybe a couple minutes at most. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say. I think it's actually a pretty well-made movie on the whole. Like, it's shot really well because it's the guy who shot Slumdog Millionaire and 20 Days Later who did it. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. And then, um, actually, I like the music a lot, too. It's uh, Alexander Desplat, the guy who did, like, Grand Budapest Hotel and The Shape of Water and those kind of things. Like, that dude pumps out more scores than almost any composer working today. You know? Hans Zimmer's going to fight him. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a competently produced movie, and the guy who directed it is a guy who's a pretty big indie director in, in like, Europe and that stuff, uh, Thomas Vinterberg, who did The Hunt, uh, he did The Celebration, he did, uh, Far From the Madding Crowd. Like, he's got a lot of experience under his belt, and it felt like he was just trying to do the best he could with just a okay story, you know, on the whole. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, are there any other major points to make about this movie? I don't know, I think you got into, I think we got basically everything... All the major points, at least. Yeah. Uh, so I guess then, uh, uh, what are your final thoughts and final rating? 
Okay, so final thoughts. I think that the camaraderie and I think that the actual submarine sequences are probably some of the best. They remind me a lot of what I loved about uh, Chernobyl. But then when it cuts away to the other politics stuff to try to get a sense of the world, it reminds me of what I didn't like about Chernobyl. And you're still wrong so, about that. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I think definitely uh, I like the action. I like the set pieces. I like the flow of the movie for the most part. Every now and then it falls apart. But as far as my rating, this would be uh, 6 out of 10 unexploded missiles. <laughs> oh, and there were pretty much no unexploded missiles left on that submarine. So I'm surprised you found those six. We found six of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty much exactly where you are. Where I'm just like, I didn't dislike this movie. I just... It didn't really affect me very much. <clears throat> but that's all to say, like, it wasn't that this movie's overall bad or anything. It's just, it's just kind of there, you know? It, it It's part of the problem I'm having with a lot of these based on real story kind of incidents where because you know how it's going to end, it really better sell you on the route to getting there. You know what I mean? Like, it better be something yeah. like, oh, I felt like I learned something or I felt like I gained something. And I didn't really. Like, other than, apparently, don't trust Russians ever. This seems to be the message Don't the ever story. go on a training exercise. And don't train. Just don't, never train for anything, apparently. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it, it's cool. I wasn't crazy about the ending, about the whole, oh, you see, the old generation is bad, so the young generation better learn. <laughs> you know? It was a little... Like a lot of stuff in this script, and even some of Robert Rodat's other bits in other movies, they're a little ham-fisted, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. But... It was still fine. I think this is a pretty decent movie. You catch it on a rental or something like that, and you're just curious about real world history, you'll probably enjoy it. So I will give it uh, six out of ten jokes about polar bears. <laughs> uh, that's a long way to. S- <laughs> that was a long way to set up a joke that was just like a okay punchline at best in the movie oh, too. Oh lord, yeah, yeah. This did not need punchlines in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, <laughs> we're all about to die of radiation <clears throat> oh boy you know what? that's the funny thing too that you think that after everything that happened at the submarine that the nuclear core would also explode in that but that's the one thing that didn't go off in this thing so because unlike because nuclear things don't tend to explode unless you're really really stupid <laughs> yep looking at you Chernobyl scientists 